Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery Show, live on this Tuesday evening with you. Is Well, obviously, we get ready for week one of the NFL season. And, of course, coming up on Sunday, Falcons and Panthers in a very important game in my mind let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline let's talk to former player and current nfl network analyst bucky brooks you can follow brookie on uh, bucky on his uh, twitter page at bucky brooks and joins me on the waitfor.com hotline atlanta's ford dealer bucky as always my friend appreciate uh, a few minutes uh, here in atlanta as we uh, chop up some nfl getting into week one yeah thanks for having me on you know i and, and I know that this is probably a little bit of hyperbole, and it's probably because I am in Atlanta. But, you know, I really look at this as a very important game for the Falcons. If we're truly going to believe that this team is turning things around and division is in our sight and playoffs and all these kinds of things, don't you have to beat Carolina at home with a rookie quarterback and everything just leading into this game? Like, how important does this become or how must win does this become if the goals for the Falcons are going to be accomplished this season? Yeah, I don't know if you want to approach it with that much pressure on the first game. It's a regular season opener. You're playing 17 games. And so even though you want to get off to the right uh, – or get off on the right foot, uh, if you do foster in this game, you still got plenty of time to make it up. Uh, if you're the Falcons, you do want to play well. You would like to get this because in a perfect world, you want to win your home games and then split your road games and better put you in a position to not only get the postseason, but really buy for a top seed. Uh, it's important, but I wouldn't put all my eggs in this one basket because – even if you win it, it doesn't guarantee that you're still going to be in the mix for the division and all that other stuff like four or five games from now. When you look at the NFC South, is there a team that you think is more of the favorite than any others? I mean, obviously it's a kind of a jumbled bag in this division, but is there one team that stands above the others, do you think, so far? Uh, the New Orleans Saints were probably denied when it came to being the favorite. A lot of that is due to uh, quarterbacks typically determine who makes it and who doesn't. And if you look around the division, they have a quarterback that's established in Derek Carr. Not saying that he's a um, top five or a top ten quarterback, but he certainly has played well throughout his career. And the others, Baker Mayfield, Desmond Ritter, Bryce Young, are unknown commodities as well. Baker Mayfield's a known commodity, but those other two young guys are unknown commodities, so that's why you give it not to Derek Carr. How how well do you think that Desmond Ritter has to play 
for this season to have success for this team? I mean, I don't think he has to play um, like Pro Bowl caliber ball. Obviously, if he plays at a Pro Bowl caliber, it enhances their chances of making the playoffs and doing some damage in the postseason. He just has to be a pass-first point guard. He just needs to be able to get the ball to the weapons and allow the weapons to go to work. When you look at the cast around him, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, B. John Robinson, uh, Tyler Aziz, Cordero Patterson, and the run game, like, they have enough weapons to be able to get it done. It's a matter of him taking care of the football, not making the egregious mistake, and just keeping the game, the game within reach, just not being the reason why the team loses. If he avoids the big critical mistake, they're good enough to win. NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. When you look at this team defensively, and obviously there's been a lot of upgrades on all levels of this defense, but obviously the big bugaboo has been pass rush, and, and it's been not just bad, but at times awful for this team. Do you think that they've done enough? And based upon what you've seen in preseason and things, do you think that this is a defense that can turn that corner and effectively sack the quarterback? I mean, it remains to be seen because what you never know is who's going to develop on a year-by-year basis, which young players are going to emerge. Uh, some of the guys that you brought over, are they going to play better in this scheme as opposed to their previous schemes and vice versa? Uh, so it, it's still a work, in, a work in progress from a defensive standpoint. I will say this. Uh, this is a team that I anticipate uh, leaning heavily on their offense and hoping their defense can generate a handful of stops. Maybe not a shutdown, suffocate-you-style defense, but one – that can see yards in between the 20s before buckling down in the red zone. If that is the case, they still can win um, and win at a high level. It just won't be in dominating fashion like some want to see. But they can be good enough on defense, but it's about winning the key areas, third down, red zone, and the turnovers. How important then, if this team is going to lean on its offense, how important does a guy like Arthur Smith become with his play calling and his ability to coach the offensive side of the football? Well, it's all, always very important because when you have a um, head coach play caller, he plays a heavy hand in how the game is going to be managed. He has to be able to understand what he has at his disposal on defense, what the special teams look like, and also what he feels good about with the offense. And then call the game in a complimentary fashion, meaning if the defense is struggling, it might mean more runs on offense, slow the game down and control it. If the defense has them stout and steady and then – it means more opportunities for the offense to take risks, to push the ball down the field, to try and put points on the board. It's really understanding what you have and how each game is playing out. That's really the key for Arthur Smith. If you take away the quarterback, because I, I know obviously quarterback is, is a position of concern for, for what Desmond Ritter is going to be. But if you put that aside, is there another area that you look at that is a real weakness for the Falcons? Well, I mean, I think we touched on uh, pass rush, just making sure that you have enough pass rushes. In today's game, you have to have two, maybe three pass rushes to, to compete at a high level. The Philadelphia Eagles last year had a million pass rushes contribute to their over 70 sacks. Uh, the Falcons need to make sure they have multiple guys that can get to the quarterback and get to the quarterback when everyone knows they're hunting the quarterback. That's the difference. The great pass rushes, they get it done in key situations where everyone knows it's a pass and they need to fill it finish the game, they find a way to finish the game. The Falcons got to make sure they have multiple guys that can do it. So with that, going into this Carolina game, I mean, obviously Ryan Nielsen is a is an aggressive 
defensive coach. I mean, he puts a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. How much do you, in a game like this, try to sell out or, or really try to crank up the pressure <coughs> Excuse me, against the Bryce Young, who you know can beat you with his legs, but that's not necessarily his number one attribute. But he is obviously a rookie, and look, I know he's the number one pick in the draft, but still – you know, how, how much do you have to put extreme pressure on a guy like that making his first NFL start? You, know, you want to keep him under duress. You want to keep him on the move. You don't want him to get comfortable. You don't want him to get settled in. So as much as you can, dial up the pressure and heat him up, you want to heat him up. Uh, that should be like at the top of the, 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 the play card sheet to make sure that he heats him up. He, that Bryce Young feels the pressure. He feels uh, the five, six, sometimes seven-man pressures that you can throw at them. Um, because all quarterbacks change, no matter how old they are, how experienced they are. If they get hit and hit early, they all change. Their eye level changes, how they, how long they're willing to hold on to the ball changes. So if you're the Falcons, man, the number one thing you want to do is you want to figure out how can we impact the quarterback. And the number one way to do it is to uh, make sure you get hits on them. And the only way you can get hits on them is you got to pressure them. NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks joining us here on the WaitFord.com hotline. What do you think about this rookie group of quarterbacks coming into the league, the the Bryce Youngs and C.J. Strouds and things like that? Do you think that these guys are, are set up for success? Or, you know, again, is it going to be kind of the same thing where, you know, one guy may be good, another guy is going to be bad? I mean, just what do you look at this rookie quarterback class as coming into this season? Well, I mean, I thought it was a solid rookie class. I think at the top you have very intriguing prospects because of their arm talent, their ability to make things happen. Uh, the, the key is always for young quarterbacks, what do they have around them? Do they have the right play caller? Do they have the right pass protection? Do they have the right playmakers? All of those things kind of factor into their, their individual success. Uh, Bryce Young has some of that around him, but – not all of it. Anthony Richardson is really stepping into a difficult situation because they don't have that around them with the running back also kind of chirping and maybe not being available for most of the season. Uh, it's, look, it's, it's a challenge for all the young guys. Um, it normally takes two and a half years, 30 or more stars to determine whether a guy can play or not. Uh, I think these guys are good, but I don't know if I can go ahead and say that any of these guys right now have the looks of being a franchise quarterback because we simply haven't seen them play. Bucky, let's bounce around a, a little bit. Um, do you think Jalen Hurts can replicate the kind of year that he had last year? We talk about guys that are around. Uh, obviously, the Eagles are still you know, immensely talented. Do you think that Jalen Hurts is a guy who is on the upswing, you know, up, up, up I guess, if you will, but, or can he, you know, can he replicate the success that he had last year? Jalen Hurts is a really good quarterback. He's a self-made quarterback. He's someone who has improved each and every year. Uh, his work ethic, um, his leadership ability is what has made him become a guy that is an MVP candidate. Uh, he outplayed Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I think everyone who saw the game understands that. I would expect him to continue to play at a high level. The numbers may not look the same because they may ask him to do different things. Maybe they pay him, maybe not run him as much. But he has this stuff. To be really good, I expect him to continue to be a good player in this league. Do you think that Philadelphia is still the favorite to win the NFC, or is San Francisco close that gap? No, Philadelphia is still the favorite, favorite to win it. Uh, they still have uh, better personnel at quarterback, namely. Uh, you look at their defensive line, they're a little deeper than San Francisco. It'll be a good race between them, San Francisco, 
to see who's going to eventually wear the NFC crown. But right now, I would go with Philadelphia. How important is this season for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys? I mean, you know, there's been talk about whether or not, you know, that that Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback. I mean, he's paid like a a franchise quarterback, but can he lead the Cowboys to the promised land? I mean, we'll see. I mean, he he certainly gets paid, but like this, what a quarterback gets paid doesn't necessarily validate or verify where his ending is going to be. Otherwise, Daniel Jones would never make the kind of money that he makes. Uh, Dak Prescott has been good. He's been good and, and solid and reliable and dependable for the Cowboys for a while. He's a polarizing quarterback to talk about because it's America's team. People either love the Cowboys or they hate the Cowboys. They love Dak Prescott or they hate him based on the amount of money that he's paid. And he's worried like he's going to be looking at maybe $55 million annually if he has a solid year this year. So it's one of those things. I think he's good enough to get him there, but the team, Mike McCarthy, the entire team, is going to be needed to get past the divisional round. This is a They haven't been to a championship game in years. It's time for them to get there. Otherwise, I think Jerry Johnson will kind of look to maybe blow this up a little bit. The the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the the AFC is so loaded with the Cincinnati's, Buffaloes, Kansas City's, Pittsburgh, Baltimore's. I mean, again, even you know, I've talked to Steve Weish about this with you know the Browns, who are immensely talented. Where can the Jets realistically fit into that equation? Can can Aaron Rodgers realistically put them at the very top of the AFC? I don't think they'll be at the top of the AFC. They should be a playoff team. They can be a team that can win the division. Uh, a lot of it depends on not how Aaron Rodgers plays, but how the people around him play. When you have an older player quarterback like him, you're not counting on him to win 12, 13 games on his own, but Aaron Rodgers is there to help and win the, the four or five games that were hanging in the balance under Zach Wilson. He's an upgrade over Zach Wilson. Even though I would say his skills are declining, he's still an upgrade over what they had just because of his leadership ability, his moxie, his intelligence in terms of knowing to go with the ball in certain situations. He has all that. He just doesn't have the cat quick reflexes that he used to dominate people. Bucky, last question for you. I, I mentioned the Browns, and you know they they do have an immense amount of talent, but they obviously need Deshaun Watson to play like a franchise quarterback. Is this a is this kind of the maybe sneaky team in the AFC that we're not talking about, or are they more pretenders? You know, at the end of the day, no, it's a sneaky team that no one is talking about. But sure, uh, Deshaun Watson, if he plays anywhere near the level that he played at when he was at Houston, this team goes and goes far. Uh, they have everything: check out the box, their running back, wide receiver. Uh, you look at their offensive line, which is beefy and strong. You look at defensively, they got the best pass rush in Kenyon and Zedarius, uh Smith and Miles Garrett. They added firepower and closeness on, on the second and third levels. They're a really good team. They're well positioned to be a team that makes the playoffs and does, does some stuff. But he is a good player, and I expect him to take his game up a notch, and I expect the Browns to follow suit. NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks, he joined us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. You can check him out on his personal Twitter page, at Bucky Brooks. Bucky, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes uh, in Atlanta, and we will certainly chat again soon. Thanks so much for having me. You got it. John Chuck, we will be back. Sports Radio, not to the game, the Odyssey.com app.
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. There we go. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 921, live from the Kia Studios. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Uh, at JMCH31. Oh, by the way, we got Rankum coming up. Uh, ah, dang. At 20 minutes from now, right? It's Tuesday in 20 minutes. Look, I'm so screwed up right now on my schedule. Uh, rank them coming up in 20 minutes. So better get your listen here pretty quickly. All right. Um, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of celebrity deaths here. Um, did you see Gary Weaver? Uh, no, Gary Wright. Who, what was the guy's name? Now I, now I can't. Now I got to get to the, get to it. Uh, Gary Wright, was it not? Um, yes, Gary Wright, the guy who sang Dreamweaver. Oh, Dreamweaver. Okay. Yeah, remember that song? Yes. Um, I my personal favorite is "Love Is Alive." My love is alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, he died at 80 years old. Did you see the lead singer for Smash Mouth? Yes. Died. Mm-hmm. Did you see what he died from? No, I did not. I guess he had, he's been on his deathbed. He had liver complications from all of his alcohol drinking. Mm, um, he, had, he had serious alcohol uh, issues, and his liver basically gave out. Um, and he was on his deathbed for about a week or so. Wow. Um, yeah, so not, not necessarily a good way to die. Did you see what, uh, what they listed Bob Barker's cause of death as? No, I didn't see his either. His uh, cause of death was listed as Alzheimer's. Oh, really? Believe, yeah, believe it or not. He was what? Oh, 99. 90? Okay. Yeah, so, he was 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw the Jimmy Buffett with his was. Well, yep. Yeah. Um, so Jimmy Buffett, shocking um, that Jimmy Buffett uh, didn't live past 76. He died from skin cancer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, he lived a full life, man. Uh, say what you will about Jimmy yeah. Buffett. Are you a fan at all of Jimmy Buffett? I mean, um, not a big fan, but just really familiar from my uh, '96 rock days because he used to. That's when he used to do his annual concert that he'd right. have at Lakewood, and um, you know, he was one of those artists 
that I never saw live. Okay. Um, and obviously, he played a million live shows, but I never saw him live. I, I never went to a con- I, And again, not that I didn't like him, but I don't know. Would I have paid money to see Jimmy Buffett? Probably not. I mean, it, w- it would have been a fun time. If I'd have been with friends and all this kind of stuff and a group of people, right. yeah, it would have been fun to go hang out and watch Jimmy Buffett. But just to go see Jimmy Buffett in Jimmy Buffett in concert, eh. So uh, again, he um, he part he passed uh, what September second, I believe it was, or, or right around yeah. the, the. I think his first was part Sunday because today's Tuesday. I, yeah, I think his was Sunday. Might have been Saturday. Yeah, too too many people here that uh, yeah. that have gone by the wayside. So uh, R.I.P. to all of those uh, folks. Um, Wemby has his first Victor Wembenyama. He has his first card that is out, Day Day. Okay. Um, it's a, let's see what this is. It's a best of 22 super autograph, um, one of one. It's a Bowman, it's a Bowman U card, Bowman University card. It recently sold at auction here for $67,000. Nice. $67,333. A one-of-one Wemby first-ever autographed basketball card from Bowman University. Already $67,000. Guy has not played a game in his entire career. What if he's a complete bust? Now, again... If he's the all-timer of all-timers, that'll be a million-dollar card. But what if he's a bust? And that Because, again, some of these basketball cards of hot prospects go way down in value very quickly. Yes. And 67000 that's not a bad price, but that card could be either the greatest investment of all time or it could be a complete waste of $67,000 at the end of the day. So... We'll see what that thing does, but that's that's kind of a kind of a uh, uh, crazy amount of money for a guy that's never even played in a um, played in a uh, uh, one basketball game. All right, um, several birthdays today. George Lazenby, the actor that played James Bond, the Australian model. Uh, I have his autograph. Okay. I, I have his autographed uh, card. Uh, was the James Bond in between? Well. When Sean Connery took the one movie off where he didn't want to play. And let me tell you, I will say this. On Her Majesty's Secret Service is a very underrated Bond film. If you ever see that movie, very underrated. Very good soundtrack. Telly Savalas is the bad guy. He plays Blofeld. Um, He's really good. I would have liked to have seen that movie with Sean Connery in it. That would have been a good movie with Sean Connery in it. As it was, I mean, it's still a very good movie, but it's an underrated performance. And part of that is just George Lazenby is, eh, you know. <laughs> so he only got to play Bond once. Yes, yes, wow. he only he only played him he only played him one time. So um, again, that's because because Sean Connery came back. Uh, <laughs> Sean, Sean Connery ended up coming back. So um, Freddie Mercury's birthday yesterday. Some people think he's the greatest front man in music history. Mm, eh, I mean, I still think Mick Jagger's the the um, the best of all time. But um, again, Freddie Mercury is a is a definite candidate for all of that. 
Um, Tim McKyer's birthday is today. Remember him? He was the, wasn't he the dad on? Uh, no. No. Former NFL cornerback. Oh, yes, yes, he was, yes, yes. So yes, he yes. was with those early 90s teams for the Falcons. Yes. When it was yes, Deion yes, Sanders, yes. Tim McKyer, yes. uh, Scott Case, and Brian Jordan. Yes. That was their secondary in the early 90s with Jerry in that group. Yes. Uh, when Brian was still playing football and Dion was still here. That was Tim McKyre that was on the other side of Dion Sanders. Uh, 3D, Dennis Scott's birthday is today. Love me some Dennis Scott. Um, I've had a chance to meet him a few times when he's been here working with us. Love Dennis Scott. Bob Newhart's birthday is today. And Michael Keaton's birthday is today. And I'm a big Michael Keaton fan. And this is going to lead us into our top ten. I thought Michael Keaton is still the best Batman of all time. And that was a very surprising performance from Michael Keaton being as good as he was at playing Batman. So with that, tonight's top 10 list. Top 10 surprising, uh, or, or sorry, top 10 actors or actresses who surprised you in a role that they played Day Day, the floor is yours. All right, so uh, Jamie Foxx as Ray in Ray. Uh, I mean, he. I mean, it got to the point where you know you just. I, I forgot I was watching Jamie Foxx play that role. Yep, um, and I I agree. I mean, look, he was fantastic, and we knew he was kind of in to music and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but. Again, he took that to a completely different level. Yeah, I mean, he just nailed it. Um, speaking of the Batman movies, Heath Ledger as Joker, because we've never really liked that, uh, uh, you know, because the TV show Joker was all ha-ha, funny, funny, comic-y, you well, know. Well, but not only that, but, you know, Heath Ledger's most famous rule, famous role up to that point was probably Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. Yep. Where where he was the game cowboy. Uh, was King it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so <laughs> you know. And by the way, you know, Jake's sister played, obviously, in the, the um, Bruce Wayne's love interest in The Dark Knight. Yes. Maggie yeah. Gyllenhaal. Yes. So, um, I it mean, went that. full circle with Yeah, everybody. I know, right? So, yeah, that role just amazing. Um, kind of staying in the in the world of uh, the comics. Wesley Snipes, Snipes is Blade. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, you know, didn't know what to expect. You know, um, we knew Wesley Snipes was was a, a action person, but just did not know what to expect of that of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Of all the Marvel characters, I think that's the one actor that just has that role to a T. Um, yeah, and and again. I don't th- I don't think he was the very first choice for them, but he made that role to where nobody could ever play it again. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be impossible. Uh, Chris Pine um, as Captain Kirk in the the the. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I thought he did a great job uh, in that role. Don't know if you saw this movie, but Common, uh, the rapper Common in the movie Smoking Aces, I thought he did really good. Uh, Wasn't Common also in the second John Wick? Movie. I didn't see the second John Wick. He made Common's got a very nice, uh, what do you call it, uh, catalog as far as movie roles now. Yes. Um, but he did, you know, Smoking Aces, I feel like it was one of the first movies 
I saw him and it was one of those kind of ensemble type movies because Ben Affleck was in it, Alicia Keys was in it, right. Taraji P. Henson, Jeremy, uh, what's my guy's name that played Ari? Um, Piven. Jeremy Piven. He was like mm-hmm. the main, kind of the main character. It, it, I, and matter of fact, I think Chris Pine was in that as well. So it was one of those ensemble type movies. Um, Ice Cube, Boys in the Hood, back in the day. Um, nice. I mean, just very good, very good role. And T- that was that was one of his first roles. Yeah, that was his first. That yep. was his first. Yes. Um, Ti in the movie ATL. Not sure if you saw that one. I did not. Um, very. He did. He did very well in that. Um, Jennifer Hudson in Dreamgirls. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, she did That's great. A good call. Yeah, loved her role in Dreamgirls. And then Will Smith as Ali. Nice, nice. All right. Um, I didn't get as far into this, but. Um, What's what's Deadpool's name? Ryan um, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. I Ryan Reynolds had made himself into kind of a joke with Green Lantern and everything yeah. like that, but he was magnificent as Deadpool. Like he, that was the perfect role. Yes. for him uh, to play. I had Heath Ledger as Joker as well. I did not see that kind of performance coming. Mm-hmm. Like I said, his most famous movie was Brokeback Mountain mm-hmm. at that point. <clears throat> um, Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. Oh yeah, in uh, Tombstone. Yes. I mean, yeah, that's still one of the legendary performances. Yeah, and you know he's a quirky guy. He had played Batman at that point, he right? Played Batman. Um, yes. Obviously, he was in in um, Top Gun and all that. Mm-hmm. But I did not see that kind of performance coming. Yeah, um, from him. Um, <laughs> Matt Damon as Jason Bourne. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's really good in yeah. that role. And he was kind of a, you know, again, up to that point, kind of nerdy, kind of quirky guy. Yeah. What, what, what was that movie with Robin Williams and um, the one that they um, the one that they won the Oscar for with uh, with Ben Affleck? And, and they, they wrote the script for it. Um, uh, what's, the, uh, what's the movie? With Robin Williams. He's the teacher and all that kind of stuff. Like, he had kind of done a lot of those quirky kind of movies. But when he played like an arse kicker, he was really good. Like Jason Bourne was, he was really good in that in that character. I did not see that coming. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio's performance in Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, okay. You know yeah. that when you watch that, that's a very not that he's not a great actor, but that's a very physical performance that he gives. Mm-hmm. Like when he's crawling to the car, like he's. Rolling on the ground to the car, right? And and he and they go to the house, and he gets drugged up, and like like his body language was unbelievable. I know he's a good actor, but just like throwing himself into that role physically, the way that he yeah. did, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and the yelling and the screaming and you know all the crazy stuff that went along with. It. And the facials and everything, mm-hmm. like that's that's what made that character, that Jordan, um, uh, Jordan, uh, whatever his name is. But that's what made that character just his physical presence on screen and just all the overacting and everything like that. I said Michael Keaton is Batman. I mean, I I was shocked that Michael Keaton, because again, one of my favorite movies is Night Shift, and that was Michael Keaton's first movie with Henry Winkler. Thought he was great in that. Thought he was great in Mr. Mom. He was a comedic actor, mm-hmm. but he was terrific yeah. as uh, as Batman. Um, I've got Wesley Snipes, okay, but in Passenger Fifty Seven, okay. 
So that was really kind of his first good guy action movie. Right. You know, he had been Nino Brown and all right. that. He was Willie Mays Hayes in in um, uh, Major League, Major League, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But that was his first, like, you know, action movie. Right. And he was really good. Right. Like he was he was really good in that in that movie, and it was like, wow, okay, that kind of surprised me. And then finally, um, I never, I don't, I never had any knowledge of who Alan Rickman was, but when he played Hans Gruber on screen oh, yeah, in Die Hard, Die Hard, yeah, that was one of the great perform. He should have won an Oscar for his performance. And I have no idea who Alan Rickman was up until right. that point, but he was magnificent yes. as Hans Gruber. And truthfully, probably should have won an Oscar for how good of a performance he gave in that movie. So there you go. There's your list. Uh, when we get back, it will be time for Rank em. I mean, the show's closing up here. So we got to get uh, got to get going on all this. <laughs> Chuck Ray in the Key Studios. Sports right now to the game. Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio 92.9, the game back at a Chuckery show. Head to the top of the hour. What do we got coming up next? What's, what's Jason, on after uh, us? Jason, Jason Longshore, Longshore yeah, because, you tonight. know, now with Monday Night Football uh, beginning, he'll, be on he'll come on Tuesday nights after Are you, you. coming up on Wednesdays? Wednesday, yes. Okay, nice. Yes, sir. We're almost at the we're almost at the end of the show. I know. I mean, dang. This is the end of the show. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the last <laughs> segment, too. All right. Uh, used to have a little bit of fun on the weekends, picking Randy's brain, picking Hughes' brain. Sometimes I would give those list of guys, uh, uh, sure, I would give those guys a list of things to put in order. We decided to steal it. We call this segment Rank Them. All right, JC, obviously uh, a lot of things happening this weekend with it being a holiday weekend. Um, oh, I was asked on Twitter uh-huh. my thoughts about the CM Punk firing. Okay. We'll get into that tomorrow because I, I did watch Payback, right? the WWE pay-per-view. Right. Watch that. Um, obviously, I've got thoughts about the CM Punk firing, so we'll get into all of that come tomorrow night because nice. we've got one more show coming up tomorrow night. Yes. All right. Well, with that being said. That's uh, a tease for tomorrow. <laughs> for holiday weekend. Um, favorite we- favorite time or, you know, whatever to, to light up the grill and barbecue. Memorial Day, Father's Day. Fourth of July or Labor Day? Well, every day is the best day to grill out and barbecue. <laughs> um, Fourth of July would be number one. Father's Day. What was the first one? Uh, Memorial Day. Now I'm 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 not working on Memorial Day, so I'll I'll do Father's Day. I'll do Labor Day third, and Memorial Day is you know time to just rest and relax and you know go on vacation somewhere and not have to work or anything. All right. Speaking of uh, WWE, well, wrestling, I should say, mm-hmm. um, let's talk about some WWE. Obviously, on um, Cody Rhodes brought out uh, Jey Uso. Yeah, main event Jey Uso. Yeah, and everything. So, rank these 
WWE returns. Cody Rhodes, WrestleMania 2022. The Rock Raw 2011. Triple H Raw 2002. Becky Lynch, um, SummerSlam 2021. Um, Triple H is return, and I was at the Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. That was the first time he wrestled. But he made his return the week before in Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Yeah. I mean, that was awesome. And his, the pop he got at Madison Square Garden, the pop he got in Atlanta at the Royal Rumble, yeah. that was my favorite one. Um, I'll go him. I thought Cody's return was awesome, too. I thought his, when he came out and what he wrestled, Seth Franklin Rollins, mm-hmm. um, that was awesome. Um you said The Rock, and what was the other one? Becky oh, Lynch, Becky. SummerSlam 21. Um, you know what? I'll go Becky. I, and again, The Rock, <laughs> eh, The Returns. Eh. Yeah, that was his first uh, Hollywood. That was his first yes. return he, after being became, gone for yeah, a long time. When he became yeah. Hollywood. Ho- yeah. You know, the, the, the Hollywood Rock version. Yeah. yeah I, didn't, I didn't like that whole. Listen, <laughs> g- give, me, give me the... Um, uh, what was the faction that he was in? Um, uh, 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 Nation of Domination. Yeah, give me the Nation of Domination <laughs> rock. Give me that rock. That Give me that rock and then give me n- late 99 through 2000 rock. Brahma Bull, right? Yes. Yeah, when, he won, Bull. when he won the Royal Rumble in yeah. 2000. Give me that version yeah. of the rock. All right, here we go. Um, obviously, a lot of big upsets this week. Uh, rank these college... Uh, football upsets. Michigan, Appala- Appalachian State, 2007. Clemson and Duke, obviously, this weekend. James Madison, Virginia Tech in 2010. Boise State, Oklahoma, 2007. Uh, Michigan is still the all-timer losing to App State. That's still the gold standard for it. Um, that Boise State game was phenomenal. That was, that was one of the great games yeah. of all time. That was what? Adrian Peterson's freshman year mm-hmm. when that game mm-hmm. took place. So mm-hmm. I'll go number two with that. Um, Clemson, Duke, and then what was the other one? Vitek and uh, James Madison. I'll take Clemson, Duke, because you don't expect Duke to to win. And James Madison. James Madison actually got a pretty good football program now, but at the time, I'll go them number four. Okay. All right. You want to hit up your lines real quick before uh, we get into Let's see here. It? Matt Ryan. Uh, let's see. Rank these teams that did not win. Their SEC division, the Clowney era Gamecocks, three straight 11 win seasons. Bobby Petrino's Razorbacks, they finished third in their division, but fifth in the country. They at one time were ranked second in the country. They got as high as number two in the nation at one point. And then they lost to LSU, I believe. Manziel and College Station are Hugh Freeze and Ole Miss. Uh, that, that Bobby Petrino Razorbacks team, they were phenomenal. Um, they were a top five team in the country. I said they got up to number two at some point uh, in that season and finished fifth. Um, I'll go Clowney in the Gamecocks, the Steve Spurrier years, number two. Um, Give me Manziel, who never even finished higher than third in his division, with Mike Evans, Johnny Manziel, Luke Jokel, Jake Matthews, all of those guys that they had. Never finished above third in their division. And then Hugh Freeze's old Miss teams. From our buddy Alvy Cohen. Rank these dating shows that you go on. The Golden Bachelor, which I guess is coming up here, right? This this is the Golden Bachelor coming up here. Milf Manor, uh, F Boy Island, Farmer Once a Wife. Well, certainly Milf Manor would be number one. Although I, again, I would be the same age as the Milfs or whatever, but still Milf Manor would be uh, number one. Uh, probably the Golden Bachelor number two. Um, 
What's F Boy Island? Is that like the Jersey Shore people? Don't give me the line. I don't watch regular All right, TV. So <laughs> again, we'll go F Boy Island just for the hell of it. And uh, I'm not a farmer, so I don't want a wife. So anyway, um, that's number uh, three. Uh, from our buddy um, uh, Rusty on the uh, text line, he says, Rank these ladies in the Austin Power movies. Cindy Margolis, Monet Mazur, Barbara Moore, and Fabiana uh, Udenio. Um, I will go Barbara Moore, number one. I will go Cindy Margolis, number two. I will go Fabiana, three. And Monet Mazur, number um Four. Uh, bad follow-ups from Night Court. John Larroquette's show Dave's World. Harry Anderson's Hearts of Fire. Marky Post Love and War. Um, and um, Charles Robinson had a show as well. Well, listen, I love Marky Post. Uh, I was a big fan of hers. When she was on The Fall Guy, too. That's why I, I fell in love with Marky Post originally. When she was on The Fall Guy with Heather Thomas. I'll go that one. John Larroquette. I think John Larroquette's a very entertaining guy. I'll go him number two. Um, I don't even know what Charles Robinson did, but um, he'd be probably number three. And I was never a big fan of that Harry Anderson, so I put him number four in everything. All right. uh, You got one or two real quick we can get to? Yeah. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. uh, This first one here, it's going to be at C-H-I-A-R-A. Mm-hmm. Underscore P U G L. I see her. She popped up. Oh, popped up. up. All right, cool. Yep. All right. All right, ready for the next yep. one? Uh, the next one is at, that is I U L I A V O. Yep. Uh, let's see here. She's got a Valentina or whatever is her last yeah. name. All right. Okay. All right, and then at uh, Kimberly, but Kimberly is K-I-M-B-E-R-L-I-E. Okay. M-O-O-N-F-O-R-M. Uh, Kim, well, spell that again. K-I-M-B-E-R-L-I-E-M-O-O-N. Oh, M- what, what is it now? M O O N. M O O N. F O R M. F O R M. So it looks like Kimberly Moon form. Uh, yes, she's got all these symbols uh, around her name, too. Okay. Uh, very strange. <laughs> all, right. all right. And then Z A Y L E dot E N. Dot E N. And. At Z A Y L E dot E N. Yes. Nobody's pulling up with uh, that. There is some kind of like, some, there's something about Zale, Z A Y L E, that is like a like a game that looks like Zelda or something like that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we can. All right. That'll go number four. All right. Um, because I don't see, yeah, I don't see, uh, yeah, I don't see anything there. Um, so that's number four. Um, believe it or not, I will go with um, Kimberly, you know, straight to the moon, yeah. <laughs> um, number one. I will go with, um, uh, what is her name? Chiara Pugliesi, number two. Um, and then um, I I love you, oh, oh, or whatever, <laughs> um, number three. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, who knows? But anyway. 
<laughs> All right, that's a uh, rank em for a Tuesday night. We'll be back with a love TKO. Chuck, we hanging out in the key studios. Sports Radio Network, the game, Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.